Take what keeps working and keep doing that. What's working for you? Are you going to keep doing that? Oh, boy. I mean, if you, you know, you, you can take this in, in many different contexts and many different situations. But, you know, if there's something you want to be successful at and you have something that's already working, why would you change that? You know, I mean, there's sometimes that you have to level up and it's okay to tweak a little bit, but you keep the main thing, the main thing, and you keep doing that. Welcome to Bologna Farm. I hope you have found something that works. And God bless you. I hope you keep doing that. On the positive end. I mean, it doesn't mean to stagnate in your old ways. And it doesn't mean not to innovate. Because there is better ways. Just about of everything. But, uh... You know, I, I mean, we've had, we, I, I've been really lucky during my whitetail adventures this year. You know, the ups and downs and seeing and not seeing and this, that, and the other thing. And I was really lucky this last week. But over the years, I've kind of figured something out. And I keep doing that. Which gives me a 75% success rate at uh, the Camp Ripley archery hunt, which I went to last week. And the average success rate is from 12 to 18% amongst the hunters. And there's a couple of us, a few of us in there that have, you know, exceeded that. And if you can exceed that, that means you're doing something right, right? Oh man, I have had such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful last week uh, with my whitetail adventure. Um, I guess I'll start from the beginning. Uh, every year there's a, there's a hunt on a military re- reservation up in central Minnesota. And it's, it's, it's Camp Ripley, and it, it's 53,000 acres, and there are 2,500 permits that are drawn. Now, keep in mind, I mean, it's not like there's every guy's got X amount of acres. It's, it's not like that. Um, you know, because there's some acreage that's uh, part of an impact area where we can't go and soldiers can't go there either because there's undetonated uh, uh, heads there or there's uh, lakes there's prairie which yes you can hunt the prairie uh, and they do have some of that up there but you know I mean not a whole lot of people hang a tree stand in the middle of the, of the grassland you just can't do it Um, There's also ground blinds. There's many other methods, but, um, you know, there's just some places you can't go. And a lot of that's roadway, too, you know, because there's there's an abundance of roads in Camp Ripley. So it's about 25 miles north and south, and it's about 5 to 6 miles uh, east and west. So it's a really long, narrow area. Um, If you go on the Internet, you can look at a map of it. But... uh, you know, every one of these past years, you know, I mean, we find new spots. And it doesn't really matter where we hunt within this area. 
what's more important is that we sit all day. It keeps working for us, right? And that's, that's where we're finding success, is, is if you sit, a lot of us are shooting our deer between 11 and 3. So in between 11 and 3, a lot of people are going to have a little picnic by the truck, or got mad because they haven't seen anything, so they're changing their spot, or just about anything. And it's really comforting to know that those people are doing that, and we are sitting right there. So yeah, that's where our success is coming from. Um, anyway, you know, when I first left home that morning, it was raining cats and dogs, and I drove up there in the rain. I uh, left here about 3.30 in the morning, um, got up there um, right around 5-ish, and, uh, you know, they were letting the, the people in there. And I was, it, Thursday morning is the day before the hunt. And, you know, I get in there, get in line, and I get in there, and it's, it's still raining cats and dogs, and get in there, and I'm, I'm not very far up in line at all. <laughs> there was people that were camping for two days on the edge of the roadway, uh, waiting to uh, commandeer their spot to get into Camp Ripley. And uh, the funny part about that is, is it's a three-day hunt. Um, you know, it's an archery hunt three days and yeah they'll camp two days and go in there for a day and a half and then pull the pin because they're not very good hunters and they didn't see anything and they didn't get where they wanted to be right so it's all kind of counterintuitive but anyway um yeah so i mean we we uh i got in there and and uh my wife called later and she was rather emotional because uh, Buttercup was not behaving herself. And, you know, me, I, I grew up on a dairy. I know how to work with cows that are hard to work with and all that. But uh, Buttercup, yeah, she, she wasn't behaving herself for my wife uh, for the milking process. And Buttercup knows that I will make her behave, you know, because I, I've been trained on it. I grew up doing it. It's instilled into me. You know, my wife, that's not the case, you know. I mean, she's just a little peanut. And poor lady, I mean, Buttercup was doing those crabby kicks that you do and everything else, just trying not to be, doing everything she can not to be milked. And my wife tried everything she could think of and then called me, she was very emotional. And um, then my wife decided, well, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna dry her up. So that's what we did. We dried up Buttercup and it's it's a real bitter way to do that, you know, letting Buttercup get the best of us like that. But uh, long story short, you know, Buttercup was a really long way into her lactation, uh, longer than normal. And, you know, I mean, she's she's getting milked once a day. Um, we, we've kind of whittled ourselves down to a lot less milk customers. Uh, not that we don't appreciate our milk customers, we absolutely adore our milk customers, they're great. But, uh, you know, Buttercup, it, it was, like I said, it was a bitter end to that. And uh, she's going to be having a calf here in April or May. And right now, we are the ones that don't have any raw milk. And we have a cow out there that we're feeding. So, you know, I mean... Eh, one of those things and we're, we're we feel bad 
because we don't get any raw milk and neither do our customers, you know. Um, so that's, it's been a tough, tough go on that end. And, uh, you know, it was an emotional time for my wife, you know, because she has such a relationship with that cow. But then, you know, she, she's the one that really has headed up the dairy end of this and really enjoys that raw milk, you know. So, I mean, it was tough. It was really tough. And it was tough on, the, on us and the family and everything. But uh, you know what? Right now we're not milking. So if we want to, we can take a trip. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing in mid-November. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. By the way, happy November, everybody. Happy November. Um, but yeah, so that's the buttercup thing. Anyway, going forward to the hunt, you know, turn that page, change the chapter. Uh, yeah, so we... I, I got in there, a few guys started filtering in throughout the day on Thursday, and then we got a Camp Ripley house we were staying in, and we got some good food and excitement, you know, and uh, everybody talking about their hunt that they're excited for the next day. And uh, my friend and I got in line, and um, we, we got in my van, we walked over there, got in, and, and it was raining pretty good. and. Uh, we drove up to our hunting spot. Thank God by the time we got there that it was no longer drizzling out or raining. Um, because, you know, when you start your day on a cool day like that and you're getting wet, that's just not fun. Especially when you're hunting, you know what I mean? Freezing your, freezing your behind off and, and all that. I mean, it's just, it's tough. It's really tough. Um, so anyway, we... We got in, we got to going, got, got, got to hunting. We, we, I, I put him in a spot that was really good that I shot a, a very mature buck uh, a few years back. And uh, I went up a ways, you know, just in case he needed help with anything. I went a couple hundred yards away, I suppose. And uh, yeah, we all got in our trees and there we were going. And I was happy to hear that, um, you know, he was seeing a lot of deer. You know, because this was his first bow hunt, you know, and I really wanted to make an impact on him. And, and it did. You know, he saw a lot of deer. He got to relax. The weather, you know, I mean, it, there was like miniature uh, snowflakes up there, but it, nothing to, nothing accumulated or anything. And, uh, you know, it was just a good hunt. You know, I mean, nothing to complain about. Everything was all nicey-nice and goody-good. Um, definitely one of those things where we can we can uh, be thankful we were in as good of a position as we were so anyway we were hunting a while there and it, it got to be you know about 11 o'clock and you, you ever have your stomach kind of growl on you because I sure did so then I started you know I, I got a cliff bar and then I started mowing down on some trail mix you know out of my pack and I was looking around and we were texting back and forth with some of the other guys just seeing who who was seeing what for deer and whatnot because everybody kind of kind of busts loose and goes a different direction you know chooses their own spot and, and makes for a fun day and uh, we cover a lot of area and that, that's it's what we like you know and I mean how many other hunters you seeing you know all this other stuff just a lot of communication making fun of fun of each other all that stuff well, anyway, I'm sitting up in my stand, and then, geez, I mean, it's, it's pretty much high noon, you know. Um, I looked over, and there is a very, very beautiful, large, healthy doe headed my way, and I'm like, oh, oh baby, 
So I, uh, I got my bowl ready and stuff, and I got, I got uh, you know, my hand on the grip and my release on the string and everything. And um, all of a sudden, it, it, it went behind. It was coming right at me, and it, it got behind a large tree. So I, and she kept look, stopping and looking off to the side, and I looked over to where she was looking, and I didn't see anything. And I thought, geez, you know, and. Uh, so I, I pulled my bow back as she was behind this large tree. Worked out perfectly, got it drawn back. Sorry folks, of course I would get a phone call right when I'm in the height of my episode. <laughs> right when I'm in the key moment. Oh. But I'll relax, it was a good phone call, and you know what, I'm, I'm glad I have loving people that call me on the phone. It's great. Anyway, so, meanwhile, I got my bow drawn back, and the doe was kind of going at a good trot or whatever, and between 10 and 15 yards away, you know, it doesn't really matter either way, um, as she was in mid-trot, I just let the arrow fly, and it hit her really good, Smackaroo, and then uh, I saw a bunch of blood coming out the sides and whatnot, and uh, she went about, oh, I don't know, 35 yards and stood there. Pretty soon, boom, she tipped right over. Um, but then I uh, texted everybody, told them I shot a doe, hung up my bow and put an arrow in the, on the string, you know, because uh, I still have another tag for Camp Ripley that I can use. And uh, I was just happier, happier than a pig in shit, you know. I mean, it was, a, it was a good experience, good venison. I knew that I had a doe on the ground and uh, that pressure of getting a deer uh, this season was completely off of me. You know, I put the pressure on myself, nobody else does. Um, but it was good pressure nonetheless. But anyway, uh, to my surprise, I look over and there is a buck coming, a smaller buck. Uh, following this doe at, uh, you know, beautiful 35 seconds behind her, but he can't see her. He's, and she knows he's back there, but, uh, I doesn't know he's back there. And now that she's dead, um, you know, I thought, geez, you know, I, I got a buck tag. I might as well, uh, let her, let her rip here. So I, uh, he, he was actually a little bit further away and, uh, I, he went behind that same tree though and I drew my bow at that same time and he was in a good trot. And at 20 yards, I can't shoot a moving target. I'm, I'm sorry, I wish I was that good, but I'm not that good. So uh, he got in my first shooting lane and I went Bruh! like that. He wasn't stopping. So then he got in my second shooting lane and I went Bruh! Still wasn't stopping. So then I, uh, he got in the third one and I really yelled that out. I went, bah! <laughs> you know, kind of like that. And he stopped all right. And he looked right at me and I let that arrow fly as good as I could. Lo and behold, he, he took that arrow and I saw it bury in him, uh, which means usually it's a clean pass through, which I had on the dough already. And uh, you know what? He took off, went the same direction as the dough. Got about 15 yards in front of her or so, and uh, he was just standing there. Didn't look like anything was wrong with him. I couldn't see any blood, I couldn't see anything. I could see absolutely nothing. 
And I'm sitting there staring at this buck like, I know I hit him. I know I hit him. Lord, I know I hit this buck. And then all of a sudden, boom, he piles right up. And I thought, well, uh, yeah, I did hit him. <laughs> but literally, not a blood trail whatsoever. Uh, I, I shoot a, I only shoot a one inch wide broadhead. It's a real long, lean, 200 grain broadhead. Those of you that that are into bow hunting, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's a grizzly stick samurai. Um, real long, lean, uh, single bevel uh, broadhead um, with a tanto tip on the front. Um, you know, I just, I like heavy stuff. I like heavy arrows, so uh, that's, that's the way I do it. I like finding my arrow after I shoot a deer. You know, I like, I like it when it goes all the way through. Um, but, you know, all my buddies, they shoot rages and stuff like that, and those work great too. I mean, they get blood trails like you wouldn't believe. But uh, as far as the deer hunting goes, I found out that everything but this buck, if I wouldn't have seen him tip over, I don't know if I'd ever found him, but uh, every deer... Uh, I've had a pretty good blood trail on if I've hit them if I've hit them right so Yeah, who knows, you know, I mean it uh, I was pretty happy So then I started texting everybody and and telling everybody that that I shot these deer or whatever and uh, Then I got down from my stand. I figured I better get to work here <laughs> I got my van was parked at the bottom of a hill. Thank God. It was it was all downhill for for taking these deer to the vehicle but um, yeah, I was, I was up on top of the hill, uh, took, got, got these deer um, going down there. I, I, what I did is I put the, uh, the deer together, took a few pictures on that selfie mode with the timer, uh, tried my best, you know, to get a couple good pictures, you know, I'm as, as good as I can anyway. I'm not a very good photographer like the rest of you. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I got the picture, and uh, boy, the... I thought to myself, this is going to be a lot of work. So uh, the doe was actually about 30 pounds heavier than the buck. She was huge. Uh, I think she's probably the biggest doe I've ever shot, to be honest. But um, yeah, so you know, I got a doe. I've got a buck. I'm, uh, I got him gutted out. I got him tagged. Then I went, you know, because at Ripley, there's 25 other hunters in there that want a deer, and you know, that's why I tagged them. I just thought, well, we'll get them all together here. We'll get them gutted out and we'll get them tagged. Um, that way I got my label on there. And I went down to the van. I took my uh, bow, put it in there, locked the van, got the deer cart out. And I was going to make the trip with the first deer. Made the trip with the first deer. Got myself a bottle of water and holy buckets. I was working. I, I, left, I took all my heavy, heavy hunting clothes off and just had a hooded sweatshirt and jeans on for this for this whole adventure. And I left my tree stand and everything up in the tree um, because I can cross tag another deer for somebody else. Uh, so I was gonna hunt the rest of the day after I got these deer in there. But anyway, yeah, you know, I, I, I got it, went, went all the way up that hill again, and it's a big one. And I got that, that buck and I got him down to the van, got them both in the van, got her locked up, ready, grabbed my bow, went back up the hill, got dressed in my heavy hunting clothes again, got in the tree, and got to relax. You know, uh, all that pressure gone. Now, you know, if my buddy, my buddy needs some meat, I can shoot a doe for him. 
or whatever, or even if I don't see a deer the rest of this next two and a half days of hunting, I, I am good to go, you know. So anyway, I'm sitting up there for about 20 minutes and, and the phone, uh, uh, my buddy sent me a text. I have it on silent so it doesn't ding or anything while I'm hunting. But uh, he sends me a text and oh boy, he, uh, he just shot a buck. I said, well, I'm tagged out. Do you need a hand? Yes. Okay. So I go grab the deer cart and my other buddy Dave, he's, he was north of me about 300 yards. And uh, I <laughs> going through the woods with that deer cart again, going up there and my heavens, you know, I get up there and he goes, yeah, I didn't see anything all day and I'm sitting there with my hands in my pockets and it was right at three o'clock and I said, why the heck haven't I seen anything? All of a sudden, right behind him, a spike buck. And uh, he's, David is a champion archer. He was actually a two-time state champion this year. So he made very short work of that buck. Uh, and the buck went 19 yards and piled up hard. I mean, it did all kinds of crappy flips and everything on its way down. So, um, yeah, very lethal shot right through the heart. We, you know, got to look at that and stuff. And uh, as Dave said, it didn't go 20. I don't know if you guys know who Rhett Daniels is, but Rhett Daniels says that all the time. And uh, yeah, so it didn't go 20. And uh, Dave and I, you know, we started, we got it on the cart and everything and got it going. And then uh, my buddy Brad finished out the hunt till about 6, 6.30 that night. We got back and we got to eat. Oh my goodness, we had crockpot meals and we had, we had cowboy beans and cheeseburger soup. And I'll tell you what, Hunting camp never smelled worse after that. Uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So anyway, we got that done, did this, did that. Then we um, got up next morning. Brad and I went hunting. Um, and uh, we went to a different spot just so he could kind of see what Ripley is all about. Uh, Dave went to a different spot. And Dave's son jingles us up about oh jeepers he sent his text out about three o'clock buck down and i'm like oh boy <laughs> so I, there, maybe it was even four o'clock i don't know but anyway it, I, either way um i started throwing i knew i was the closest person to him to help so i started throwing stuff out of the tree started going and I left and I and I went down there to help him because he said that when he shot the deer there was an arrow in its butt and I know what that means that means that usually if there's a deer with an arrow in it and then you shoot it up there there are people coming to follow so I wanted to make sure this altercation went off without a hitch and I got up there and the kid made the perfect shot on this buck uh, it was a six-pointer, um, made a, just an awesome shot. I don't know if you guys know what the shoulder V is, but he was as tight in that V of the shoulder as you could be, and that deer was 30 yards away. You know, a 17-year-old kid, I mean, that was incredible. Um, very impressive, very, very impressive, especially for his first bow deer. Um, so I get there and uh, yeah, I did see the other person's hit. It was fresh from that day. Uh, however, uh, I looked at it and uh, it was not a lethal hit. It, uh, 
that side plate on the spine right where the ribs start, it hit that. It was quartering very, very large. And I stuck my finger in there and, and that deer was living. Um, he wasn't dying anytime soon from that hit, but he was hurting. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I, uh, we got the deer gutted and everything and then I put that person's arrow right on top of the gut pile so they could find it if they wanted to and get their arrow back. And uh, me and the young lad proceeded to get that deer back to the truck. Oh my goodness, deer number four that I took to the truck on the deer cart. And man, that was a lot of work. Um, <laughs> but hugely successful for him to get his first bow deer at 17 years old up there. He's been having a lot of highs and lows as far as hunting goes. And uh, that was really exciting nonetheless. So we, that was our last night at Ripley. The next day we all saw deer, but we didn't get to shoot anything else. And uh, there were seven of us with five deer. There was another guy that got a deer about 11 o'clock in the morning out of the group that I didn't get to help. Uh, another spike buck. So um, yeah, there was a lot, a lot to be, a lot of fun to be had. Really good time, you know. Uh, five, five deer out of seven people is not bad at all. Um, yeah, so really happy, really good. Everything's looking really good on that direction. And uh, yeah, so great Camp Ripley trip. Uh, sitting all day is the thing to do up there. A lot of people are real ants, antsy and driving around. Um, you know, it was, as, as always, wonderful, wonderful food, wonderful hunt. We had chili and beef, venison stew that night. Oh boy, was it good. Um, yeah, it's just, like I said, I absolutely cannot complain at all as far as the food, the hunting, the time. Uh, we came back a little earlier that day on Sunday. Usually we stay all the way to the end, but with all, a lot of us having deer um, already, we didn't figure we had to. And uh, we, we did our one time a year eating McDonald's on the way home. Uh, I do that once a year. Um, I, I, I'd be honest with you though, I, I think I've lost my taste for it. I think I've lost my taste for it. After eating all this good stuff that we eat all the time at home, I can honestly say that I really don't know that I like McDonald's anymore. It doesn't mean we'll never go there again on the way home from this hunting trip, but it, it does mean that uh, it does definitely not need to be one of my regular stops. So uh, yeah, I'm really happy to say that actually, that I've lost a taste for McDonald's. So yeah, yeah, that was great, good time. Uh, God was with us the whole time. Uh, everybody was safe. You know, when everybody's climbing up in a tree like that, there's a lot of danger to be had, especially when you don't do it every day. And uh, we're lucky that we, uh, we just had a good all-around hunting trip with good people, good friends, and we're just blessed that God was with us, you know. So that was Camp Ripley, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, if you do go on Instagram, uh, there is photos of the two deer that I took from up there. Um, I also saw a message from a listener from March in 2022, which is forever ago. Uh, wanting to be interviewed on the podcast, and I do apologize. I I didn't see it till this week. <laughs> that's that's how terrible of an Instagrammer I am. So uh, sorry about that. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah. The rest of you, 
Uh, I am really happy that you guys have been sending me pictures and videos of your deer hunts. Uh, whitetails, I mean, it's just something that brings a lot of people together. And those of you that aren't into hunting, you know, I'm guessing you've already quit listening to this episode by now, but uh, what a beautiful, beautiful experience, you know. Uh, getting my first double, um, that, that's pretty cool. Uh, I've shot an awful lot of deer over the years, but I, I've never gotten a double. So uh, that was pretty neat. So anyway, thank you for tuning in. If you do want to connect, Ziggy underscore 519 at yahoo.com. Anyway, have a good one.